doctor in the information age, but facts are in short supply. Reject the noise, ask bold questions, and pursue the truth with FBI whistleblowers and founding suspendables, Garrett O'Boyle and Steve Friend. This is the American Radicals Podcast. It is the American Radicals Podcast on a Tuesday. It's a brand new week. We're excited to be here. February 20th, 2024, the friend household got hit hard with the flu over the weekend. You could see it draining from my face on Saturday if any of you were with us on Rumble Live, rumble.com slash amradpod. I'm still under the weather, but the American Radicals way is to play hurt. And I'm going to do that for you folks today. That's my pledge to you. Um, I'm going to have to lean heavily, though, on my counterpart. Garrett O'Boyle, G-O-B Actual, who will join me right now. Um, I'm feeling, I think, what he was feeling maybe a week or so ago. I didn't know you could be contagious through the the computers, the ones and the zeros. <laughs> yeah. But I'm blaming you anyway, Garrett. I would blame me. I'm pretty sure I sent it to you uh, by a direct via direct energy beam through our through our streaming software. Uh, well. The good thing is we've got some good content to bring you. We were uh, sort of cut short on our discussion about the uh, about the total state last week. And then we went into Animal Farm uh, for the book study. And there was a lot of meat left on the bone in that discussion, which is why today I'm going to do like a part two of that discussion. And we're going to call this one Absolute Power. And as the old mantra goes, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. We're going to look at some various examples of that, uh, be they from the government, from the administrative state, from private industry, um, all across the board, things that we're seeing and, and some of the stories that might not necessarily have crossed everyone's radar, but I think you're certainly worth having a discussion about and sharing them with you so that you can be aware of actually how bad things have gotten in some in some areas and some avenues. Uh, but before we get to that, want to uh, thank the show sponsor for the day. That is going to be TrueEarth.co. That's uh, True Earth Pharmacy, guys. The uh, the show promo code for this is uh, AMRAD24. You can use that to get a 10% discount store-wide and everything they have there. They uh, contacted me over the weekend and uh, gave me some new literature to look into. about. Uh, there's some studies about black turmeric and how through uh, a, a pro process called apoptosis, where it essentially attacks and destroys cells, uh, it's being found to be assisting with uh, fighting cancer. And there's a, a study that's saying that they can use a holistic in combination with uh, general pharmaceuticals and it can, uh, they can be mutually beneficial. So uh, black turmeric has multiple, uh, multiple qualities and, and, uh, and features to it. Uh, not just the uh, anti-inflammatory experience that I've had where I've not had the joint pain that I've normally been experiencing, but uh, now it looks like maybe some people who are suffering from things that are far worse than sore ankles uh, could benefit from it. So you can take advantage of AMRAD24 as the promo code to get 10% off store-wide, and you can do that at trueearth.co. So to get to uh, our first discussion, and we we kind of had that agreement last time, right, Garrett, that, that we want to do the blue cop, red cop, anytime we <laughs> want to talk about it. Uh, I felt that it was it was too soon, um, but I did find a couple more from our, our favorite two cops on the internet. So uh, I'm going to lead us off on that, start us off on, on a chuckle, and then we'll get to the heavy-handed discussion. 
Uh, here is uh, episode one of The Crime Squad. Go. It's a federal crime to attempt to change the weather without first informing the Secretary of Commerce. Got it. Yeah! I'm back! Yay, Dad! How was North Carolina? It was great. I brought you some peanuts. Get him. What the fuck? What? Oh. It's a federal crime to leave the Carolinas with raw peanuts and shells. Got it. Yeah! Oh, my neck. I'm back again! Yay, Dad! How was Rikers Island? Terrible, but I brought you some peanuts! From New York. Get him. Not again. Yeah. It's a federal crime to leave New York with a used burlap bag. Got it. Yeah! What is it with you? That is Crime Squad, by oh, our favorite two police officers, <laughs> <laughs> who are only interested in that you stop resisting, uh, yep. and they're willing to use whatever force necessary. I think those are actually laws that are on the books, uh, which uh, they're doing a good job exposing on those, um, but wanted to, uh, to, to start us off with a chuckle because we're going to get to some heavy and hard-hitting topics today. Um, the first one that I was able to actually dig into quite a bit was about, and I've talked about this before, uh, that there was this treaty that was being proliferated, the, uh, the, the idea of a World Health Organization pandemic treaty, and uh, talked about that in the uh, resolutionary thinking episode, where we talked about the usurpations that we're experiencing. And I think that it's, uh, it's really everything that's been advertised, it's just, just that terrifying. <laughs> And if uh, this is a story from the Daily Signal, uh, why the WHO pandemic treaty threatens the freedom of expression, because these guys are not just interested in stopping a pandemic of, you know, uh, actual virus. They're worried about an infodemic, if you read through here. And it says that underway since March 2023, the pandemic accord negotiations seek to establish legally binding rules to enhance international cooperation to strengthen the role of the WHO in preventing, preparing for, and responding to future pandemics. But it would there's also... no globalist agenda, Steve. No such <laughs> thing. That's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> it would require the, quote, management of so-called infodemics defined as too much information false or misleading information in digital and physical environments during a disease outbreak causing, quote, confusion, as well as mistrust in health authorities. Uh, I think I'm confused already just by what, what they're trying to do. So if there's a health emergency worldwide, then the WHO is going to institute some type of additional lockdown on information because nobody trusts the WHO already, and we can't have that. We can't have that, Steve, because, hey, they're one of the powers that be, one of the global elites that seek to control your every move. Well, the question is that, you know, if, if they were going to enact certain measures to stop the spread of a virus, they would lock, do take these non-pharmaceutical interventions, right? They would lock down and make you wear a face diaper and do all these sorts of crazy things. How would they actually go about 
stopping the spread of information. Well, that would necessitate them taking over like the internet, right? Yes. Yeah, we'll just seize your account. Well, we saw something that we didn't like on your Twitter or your Instagram or whatever. So we're going to just seize it. And I'm, I imagine that the NSA, the CIA, MI6, you name it. I, I imagine they have the capabilities to do that. I mean, and already in America, they work hand in hand with these companies. So why, I mean, this is not like, this is not a fanciful leap forward, you know, like this is, they're already capable to do this type of thing. Yes. There's those, uh, public private partnerships that we are so uh so happy to hear about when Christopher Ray testifies in front of Congress about how the FBI liaises so well with uh, all their their social media companies and they work our hand partners. in glove and they our partner private, together our private partners in the cyber warfare space and I, I so I think you're right that they would get buy-in immediately from the private sector on it it, it wouldn't necessarily there, there wouldn't be a lot of uh reason.coms out there who were, would yeah. resist the, uh, the the pressure from the federal government, uh, be it from law enforcement or from uh, like the NSA, like an intelligence gathering agency or anybody who would just threaten them with something or you know, some sort of regulation that Section 230 and bring them to heel uh, to tamp down on any sort of information sharing out there. And I do think that uh, this is worth talking about because I don't know if you tracked on it, but uh, our friend Tracy Beans uh, broke some some uh, some news about the the COVID entry system that they had, um, where they they have all these like drop downs for for people who were getting the vaccine to report adverse act uh, reactions to it, and the drop down selections were all like these mild sort of symptoms, like oh I had a headache, no oh, I had I was dizzy, and you know I had slight my skin heart irritation. exploded. Yeah, no, nothing serious, right? So it was all minor things. And then there was like this other category that you could type in and actually describe what happened. And they resisted. It's the, the program is called Be Safe. And they resisted providing access to that. And now through a FOIA lawsuit, they've been able to gain access to it. And holy mackerel, people were describing things like, oh, I've been tasting metal in my mouth for the last oh. year as a result. Dude, it's it's crazy. I mean, I'm not shocked like at all. I uh, I, I imagine some people watching or listening have seen died suddenly. I think you can only find it on Rumble, but their Twitter is pretty good and they they keep it coming. And yesterday, they played a video from like a some type of neurosurgeon or something who was like pulling one of these. I mean, I'll use the word clot. It's it wasn't a clot, but he pulled it out and he's like, yeah, I took this video because nobody people keep saying like that I'm lying about, about these clots that I'm taking out. And he took it out of the, uh, somebody's jugular and the, the, this person was dead. And there was like a mortician there as well, according to his tweet. And it's like, yeah, this, the, these things weren't seen prior to like October of 2021. And now they're running rampant, but then a place like V safe. Think of that. Think of that name. Oh, we're here for your safety. Oh, of course you are. You're it's Satan masquerading as as a health official again instead of coming at you with the pitchfork. It's it's V safe and we're here to track any adverse reactions like a headache that you might get. But oh, if your heart explodes or you have some type of fibrous clot in, inside of your primary arteries, well then you know we're not gonna 
well, one, we're not going to let you pick that with our drop down menu. And two, um, if somebody finds out about it, we're going to resist releasing the information because you don't actually live in the land of the free. Oh, man, this stuff is so freaking frustrating. You know, I had this pulled up just um, the, the little bit, the brief bit we discussed prior to the show. And I thought, oh, I think I got something ready for this. I'm already going to throw it in. I think I've referenced Isaiah 59 before, but starting in verse 1, because it gives you a little hope here. Verse 1 gives you a little hope. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, or his ear dull that it cannot hear. So right out of, out of the gates, it's you can turn away. You can turn away from your evilness. But then verse 2, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue mutters wickedness. And I was going to stop there, but because of the the, the uh, red cop, blue cop video, I'm going to take it a, a step further because of some of those ridiculous laws. Verse 4, no one enters suit justly. No one goes to law honestly. They rely on empty pleas. They speak lies. They conceive, they conceive mischief and give birth to iniquity. And it's like, I mean, I'm sorry, man. I'm like all in Old Testament because it's what we see today. Like the prophets, the prophets to Israel and, and Judah in the Old Testament, they might as well be here right now telling America and the world the same things. You talked about unjust laws here, and this back to this article, this uh, Daily Signal, uh, and it's talking about the the WHO pandemic treaty. You can't even; they don't even define the terms. It, it even says in here that the draft text currently under consideration would commit parties to tackle such things as misleading information, misinformation, or disinformation, which you know it's whatever you think it is, yeah. without offering a definition for these terms. <laughs> Or specifying Which, how this would be done. It's so, I mean, just think of that. I think back, I didn't, I didn't receive this in the FBI Academy, which ought to be horrifying to everyone. But I imagine, like me, in your police academy, you were taught how to go through a statute book. You were taught the elements of a law. And what does that start with? It starts with the definition of what the words in the law actually mean. But here... We're going to throw some terms at you like mis, dis, and malinformation. Also, which reminds me of that DHS document from a couple years ago that, that, that came out. But we're going to throw those at you. We're not going to tell you what they are. We're not going to tell you what they mean. But we're going to be the gatekeeper of what those things are and what they mean, even though we're not going to clue you in on, on what it is. And then if you propagate mis, dis, or malinformation on your Twitter or your Instagram, or whatever, or hell, for all we know, it'll be your text messages because they can access those too. And, and okay, now you're an enemy of the state because of mis, dis, and malinformation, which you don't even know what it is, and either do we, but we're going to just accuse you of, of meddling in it because we can. And, and who are these people? I mean, do you remember, who you, who did you vote for for WHO president? <laughs> exactly. Nobody. <laughs> it's, it's this, yeah, and so, you know, they talk about it, um, in America, like the fourth branch of government, like the bureaucracy, the deep state, whatever term, whatever term you might want to use, uh, it certainly is a real thing. I, you know, I don't know if it's like, if it's like some, some dude who attended like a, have you ever seen the movie Eyes Wide Shut um, with, with Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman? And there's like, yeah. a, there's like a, I don't know, a weird uh, costume party and like uh, 
I think if I remember right, like human sacrifice and sex orgies and stuff. Anyways, I don't know if there's that going on. I'm sure some of the weirdos and political elites and stuff do engage in weird type of crap like that. But um, this this fourth branch of government, they are the ones running the show. Like nobody elects them. They 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 sit in whatever agency they're in for decades and decades and decades and span multiple different you know world leaders or pres you know presidents in America and you know the WHO that's a international alleged international organization but it's basically run by China and everybody just goes along with it like like you said they're they're not elected what what say do they have over anything that we do in America none so why do we give them any power whatsoever but we do because of oh the big conspiracy theory about the globalist agenda conspiracy theory give me a break <laughs> conspiracy fact right yeah. uh so we 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 touched on a globalist agenda uh we want to make sure that we uh talk about how corporations and we we sort of touched on a little bit how the the collusion that goes on with the the government and these private private public partnerships that they have where they will encourage uh, through through laws and then through just like relationships that they have them to do their bidding. Um, so whenever we look for the next trend line in the country, we have to always look to the left, right? Look out west where California is. Um, and that's going to bring us to our next story here, which is about credit card companies. And they're going to track gun store purchases in California. Um, and this is from The Blaze. We'll, uh, we'll bring it up here. And it, this is a law that was passed, and I think it's actually going to be enacted in, uh, it won't be for another year at least, but retailers are assigned merchant category codes based on the types of items that they sell. And according to MasterCard's quick reference booklet, gun stores are currently assigned as miscellaneous or durable goods, uh, but they want to be more specific with anything that's pertaining to a firearm. So in 2022, the International Organization for Standardization approved a unique code for firearms retailers. Let me re-say that again. The International Organization for Standardization. So not American, not Second Amendment acknowledging organization, but the International Organization for Standardization approved a unique code for firearms retailers. California then passed a law requiring retailers to adopt the new code by May of 2025, so a little bit over a year from now, uh, which will make it easier for them to uh, to track your purchases. And then, if you know, when there's a central bank digital currency or there's a, I don't know something they can claim was a insurrection, and they can go back and pull all of your purchase records, they can spy on you for making a legally protected. Um, and completely constitutional purchase. And they deferred to some international agency to come up with their definition, with their new definition. Like, like this isn't even, this isn't like a new federal law that the president or Congress were like, you know what, in solidarity with our other globalist partners around the world, we're going to all adopt the same definition for this gun-related law. This is at the state level. That's insane, dude. That's absolutely insane. It shows you it, America is not America anymore. It's not the America you thought you lived in. And to me, in some ways, it's kind of like a rude awakening because I thought 
I didn't think we had slid down the hill towards, you know, a one world order this rapidly, but apparently we have. And like you mentioned, look out West, you know, as they say in Big Lebowski, way out West, there was this fella called himself the dude. I mean, good luck being the dude these days. Like you're going to get thrown in the Huskow just because you, you know, are libertarian at heart. And, you know, so much for, for America first, like it's insane, dude. I, I can't figure out, first of all, I don't know why they need to categorize anything that you're using a credit card for anyway. I don't know what the reason or the rationale is for that. As long as the card works and it swipes and they get their fee from the retailer, I don't know why MasterCard particularly cares what you're buying with it. Uh, but if they're going to go with some sort of like broad categories to, to figure out something, I'm sure they could explain it. What is the benign and innocent reason that you now specifically want to identify firearms? I mean, yeah, I imagine I imagine that it's akin to something like our friend George Hill exposed uh, at Citibank. You know, it's it's MasterCard probably doesn't really care other than like everywhere else. Their woke leadership at the top are like, you know, hand in hand with with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and all the other, you know, elite mobsters who actually I'll, I'll, I, I listened to Kyle's show this morning, who, by the way, he just became a monthly supporter for some, some unknown reason. <laughs> uh, thanks Kyle. <laughs> but, uh, um, he was talking about thugs and it's like, yeah, these are jackbooted thugs in Washington who are hand in hand with, we've talked about this before with Amy Nelson's story and, and things of that nature where it's not government and private entity. It's all one amalgamation that are just connected at the hip and so mastercard they want your business because they're in it for profit but man if you're buying things that we don't really approve of like you know perhaps things related to your second amendment right well then then we do want to know what you're buying because we have to give it to our government overlords because you know we're not really uh, a government for and by the people anymore we're a government for and by the government and for and by a big big business, big pharma, big tech. And so you, the peon, the peasant, good luck. Good luck with those civil rights you think you have. Yeah, I suppose they could probably keep that gun purchase uh, list in reserve and then cross cross it with another purchase to then generate a list like Bank of America did uh, if and when they ever feel like they want to be doing their civic duty and helping the FBI go after innocent uh, people who just bought a gun um but again california leads the way whatever starts there seems to sort of percolate into um into the rest of the country and they're taking their directions from an international body which i don't know why it just reminded me do you remember in school there that uh it was called the ib program the international baccalaureate and how Man, it, I probably wasn't smart enough for that. It was <laughs> even like even though different... I did graduate cum laude from the prestigious Marquette University. <laughs> anyway, sorry. It was like a high school program, and it was billed as being like higher than advanced placement, and it was because it was international. And then you would take these exams and then send them over to like some judges in Denmark, and they would score your test. And the presumption that was it was superior because it was being scored by somebody in Europe. And I'm just remember being okay. like. We have bigger houses than they do, so I don't really care what the... Hey, I may the, only speak one language, but I, you know what? I'm American. Um, Kyle, 
Kyle said in the chat, gay, and his wife was in one of those IB programs, apparently. Uh, I'm going to need to have some uh, some clarity on like why that could any way, shape, or form be superior. I don't care what the, <laughs> they learned in France. Um, I don't care what they learned in Spain. I care what they learned in America because we are back-to-back -back defending World War champions. <laughs> For uh, now, I, I'm kind of worried about uh, round three. I, I don't know <laughs> if it'll go in our favor. All right. Before we get to the next one, uh, we're going to plug www.the-suspendables.com. I did a speaking engagement last night. I made sure to tell everyone to go. So if you get any orders from the villages, I want a piece of that, Gary. Okay. That's I'll, I'll, I'll give you a cut. I'll, I'll bring you a cut next month. They like the I lapel pins, it. folks. The lapel pins were were a winner last night. I wore mine, um, cool. and and uh, I think that the, I always get asked about it because it's just such a prominent and a cool logo. Uh, yeah. But what you what you got cooking now? Yeah, so I I probably got to get caught up between today and tomorrow. I'm about seven or eight orders in the hole uh, because I'm heading out of town later this week. But uh, as you could see, I'm wearing the Z Special myself, the black. I, I like the green. I'm a big fan of OD Green. But for whatever reason, the yellow and black, I'm not a, I'm not a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, but it pops, man. I like it. Um, but, yeah, we got, uh, yeah, just get yourself a T-shirt, some Ranger panties. Even in Wisconsin, it's warming up. I don't know if it's quite Ranger panty uh, weather yet, but it's supposed to get up to, like, 48 today. So I'm looking, looking forward to that. But, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, lapel pins, stickers, T-shirts, the-spells.com. Check it out. Get yourself an order. Keep us busy over here. We'll get to the next one. And this is along similar lines of what California is doing with the purchases of guns and, and categorizing them and putting them into a database. And this was a story that came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, it was in January. And it uh, pull it up. It's from the Daily Wire. Feds flag terms like Trump and MAGA for banks to comb through customer data, Jim Jordan says. And according to the story, federal officials instructed banks to comb through customer data if terms like Trump or MAGA. What was also flagged? If you bought a religious text like a Bible or shopped at a Bass Pro Shop. According to this analysis, FinCEN warned financial institutions of extremism indicators. What's an extremism indicator? It included transportation charges such as a bus ticket, rental car, or plane ticket for travel to areas with no apparent purpose. I, I guess you can't go on vacation. Oh. Mm. Uh, or the purchase of books, including religious texts, and subscriptions to other media containing extremist views. What do you want to be what would, would the blaze or, or daily wire be one of those? <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, do you think that uh, if you had a subscription to, I don't know, the Huffington post. Yeah. Or you're the not going to be flagged for that. <laughs> the New Yorker, the Atlantic. I don't know if they try. They probably, I'm sure they have subscriptions. I these think days. they're all paywalled now yeah. because they're dying. But uh -huh. I, I, who sets the parameters? Who who defines what is extremist? And and I was assured, and you were, uh, we were always assured that the FBI does not investigate First Amendment protected activity. And <laughs> reading information from a news source would seem to be very much in line with the First Amendment protections that we are duly owed underneath our Bill of yep. Rights. But I guess 
if the FBI finds your reading material to be extremist, you could then have your bank records pulled and they could find if you're one of those evil people that went to Cabela's and then happened to buy a Bible. And now we've got three, man. It's, it's, it, you, you can't deny it at that point, right? Yeah. Well, then it. God forbid you travel to um, Kentucky, even though you have, I think it's Kentucky. Is Kentucky where the, uh, where the, the Ark Museum is? I'm pretty sure it's Kentucky. So you, you travel to Kentucky to, to visit the Ark Museum. And uh, there's no apparent reason for you to be there, though, based on our digital surveillance of you, because what we know about you, we know that you don't ever go to Kentucky. And we know that you uh, don't have any family there. So why are you going to Kentucky, you extremists? Or, or what about this? What if you are like, um, let me, why is this not popping up? Oh, it's really tiny. What the heck? Disregard. Um, I was gonna. I was gonna call out uh, somebody who became a uh, monthly supporter for a few dollars a month. What I, I gotta read this here. What you put it, it into Russ the logo. Hawk. Yeah, my bad. Russ Hawk became a monthly supporter as well as Kyle Serafin. But uh, are you now you're an extremist because you support uh, two suspended forever without pay FBI agents? Like uh, by their definition and terminology yes you are and we're going to just continue to keep up the monitoring and digital surveillance of you and hey probably physical surveillance at some point because you you're clearly a, an extremist well if you just always have the assumption that people are acting on nefarious purposes you can can strive anything i mean why were you going to the capitol i don't know because it's washington dc it's the capitol i want to go see the washington monument you know, yeah, I want to go to the Smithsonian because yeah, I can. Uh, why did you buy a gun? Uh, because I can. Why did right. you buy a Bible? Like, because I can. Right. There's, well, you know, this also, was, I want to know their religious texts. Which ones? Because yeah. we know it was Bibles. Which other <laughs> ones? Are there any other ones that they that they flagged? I would say, I would guess, if I was a betting man, I would bet no. There, there are no others because all the other ones are now, you know, sacrosanct. And, you know, this is a little bit of a tangent, but you know what I find super bizarre is like these LGBTQ plus Antifa BLM types who support Hamas. And it's like, dude, for real, you take your LGBTQ flag like you might not even be one of those letters, but you just support them. Take that over to Palestine or Iran and see how that goes for you. Because I'm assuming it's going to end in you getting pushed off of a high bridge, hung, or decapitated. Because that's still what they do. The, the story that I heard that I thought put it in the best perspective was if when you dropped one of those people in, uh, in, in, into like Hamas, uh, into Gaza, right? Like Hamas-controlled area. And they were walking around with their pride flag. Like <laughs> it wouldn't even be like Hamas fighter that did it. It would be like the woman that like is doing administrative work in the Hamas offices. She would see it and she'd walk outside and she would just chop their head off and then go right back to her filing, go right back inside. Like it would just be yeah. every, completely top to bottom, like uh, not allowed at all. And right. this whole notion that you're going to, uh, we're going to combine forces because it, we're intersectional and stuff. And then uh, at the end, we'll all get along together. Uh, is 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 laughable entirely um, on his face here. Uh, so I want to get to uh, we have a couple stories that are a little bit longer. So 
we'll give make sure we give them uh, some 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 more extensive time. I know this one's gonna be pretty uh, hard hitting for Garrett. I told him I warned him. I gave him a gave him a little warning ahead of time. Um, and if pull it up, it is from Chronicles. There's nowhere left to run from the state. And reading through here, um, there's uh, multiple excerpts that I pulled out that I think are to sort of set it up. Krista and Todd Kolstad told this outlet that a feminist, uh, which is a feminist magazine, they told them that Montana courts and social workers effectively abducted their teenage girl after she declared herself transgender. According to Krista, and they're saying that the the, the daughter, they're, they're giving her a pseudonym, is Jennifer. So Jennifer had been a victim of bullying at school. Krista, who is Jennifer's stepmother, also suspects that Jennifer suffers from an undiagnosed mental health issue. The Montana Child and Family Services got involved when Jennifer expressed suicidal ideations at school, and things went downhill in a hurry from there. We'll pause it there. You know, you're you're a parent of girls. I mean, I'm, I think if you're a parent of girls or boys, just the uh, and even a step. You know, the, the fact that you're you're young child could be experiencing some level of of mental emotional distress or, or mental illness or depression that could lead them to uh, having suicidal ideation has just got to be an enormously stressful experience i mean you just you, you what do you do i mean they're, they're old enough that they're not three years old that you can just hover over them all the time if you're in school right. she's getting bullied you, you can't be there for to contend with that if you sort of try to insert yourself then it's like oh your mom came in and it gets worse for you and then mm -hmm. you can't keep your eye on them all the time that you know what's to stop them from from doing something awful so you just you know that that sort of environment they're existing in um and it's going to get far worse uh, as we'll read but just your thoughts on, on how awful that has to be. Yeah. I mean, I, I can, I can only imagine to be honest. And I would bet that, that you and me both probably have a little more experience dealing with suicidal people just because of our backgrounds. Like I was only a cop. I'm I'm removed. I'm pretty well removed from it now. 2014 to 2018, four years. And I've worked in a city of about 75, 80,000 people. I couldn't tell you how many suicidal subject calls I went on and how many of those were a teenage girl oftentimes. I mean, of course there were boys too, but even then you, I mean, I, you can pull it up or you can look it up the advent of social media and what it has done, especially to young girls and young women for some reason has their trend towards suicidal ideation has skyrocketed. I'm a dad of four girls. They're all little right now. I'm able to to shelter them and and um, you know propagandize them as I as I deem fit. You know, I have my I have my Bible right here, and that's what I mean by propagandize. You know, and we homeschool and we are active with church because we want to set them up for success in life as best as possible. And based on our own experiences, this is the best way. I mean, obviously, everybody who listens knows. This my faith. This is a, a the cornerstone for me, and so of course, as a parent, I'm trying to make that the the or help make that. You know, it's going to be their choice, obviously, but help make that the cornerstone for them. And then when they get older, when they become a teenager, God willing, they will turn to Him instead of believe these evil satanic lies that they encounter from some bully at school, from some teacher who's trying to fill them with, "Hey, you, baby, you're actually a boy," or 
or you know some other garbage on some you know platform on the internet which hopefully we can limit that pretty well too but people will be bombarded uh this is what satan does he bombards people to try to destroy them and he revels in that and that is what is going on here with this story well what, what winds up happening in this story is that they humbled themselves they thought that her problems we need to get help so they took her to like a residential care treatment facility and then once she entered she started talking to the staff and the staff could not wait to affirm her saying things like oh I, I really think i'm a boy and then as soon as that happened this the facility essentially cuts off the family so it's again against... like what whatever happened to do no harm steve like the most medical training i got was 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 combat lifesaver in the army and that part stuck with me do no harm and they like you just said they couldn't wait to affirm this lie and then take you know medical steps to help her achieve this myth like oh man you were right i am getting i'm getting fired up <laughs> well in a, and we're back to the the tiffany justice uh, reference that they just changed the meaning of the words and right. they, they're doing no harm because it's harmful to leave a girl a girl right yeah. that's that's what they're going to articulate i so i imagine the i imagine in in the old testament when they were offering their children up to molech it was we're not really doing any harm. We're worshiping our God. We're doing something good. But yeah, you're slaughtering innocent children. It's always the children. That's how you know when when it's when it's deeply satanic. It's when they're when the children are are like the primary target. And boy, are they today. Yep. It's prime targets for them because they're the vulnerable, the most vulnerable, and the most important amongst us. So according to the uh the family's wishes, the child family services moved jennifer into a re residential care treatment and counseling in the neighboring state of wyoming so they were in montana and cfs took her and moved her across state lines to wyoming well why well unlike montana wyoming has not outlawed transgender treatment for kids social workers simply arrived at their home with the police and notified them that jennifer was to be surrendered back to them were they were supposedly unable or refusing to provide medical care. So they, they could not give their daughter back to them. The governor of Montana, Governor Greg Gianforte, a Republican, said his office reviewed the case and that Lieutenant Governor Kristen Juris, quote, a constitutional conservative, concluded all had occurred in accordance with state policy. The hospital and social workers and courts had done nothing wrong. Well, I, uh, I oh, <laughs> you want to talk about some, you know, strict constructional constructionist uh, le levels of thinking. Okay. Well, let's just say that uh, the state of Wisconsin uh, passes a law that says it's legal to hunt down Garrett O'Boyle with a crossbow and put it between his eyes. Uh, and the House and the Senate pass it and the governor signs it. Um, who's going to step up and say thou shalt not murder there's a higher order here and the governor is derelict in his duty here it doesn't have any sort of he's he's claiming to be strictly reliant on the constitution and the rule of law but uh there are first principles here and uh that ain't them no and dude it's it it's so it's so mind-blowing to me because i even probably 
as of last week, I thought Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, Florida, Tennessee, West Virginia, these places are safe. Well, as this story shows, clearly they are not. Like, nowhere is safe, it seems like, anymore. Uh, I guess unless we continue to spread the word and make a stand and resist this wickedness. And, man, boy, I feel for these parents, dude. Like, basically, their kid just snatched from them. Transported in interstate commerce also, by the way. So, is is the FBI or a federal, some other federal agency going to look into this? Because this is interstate commerce. And now you take this child and you transport them across state lines uh, so they can get mutilated. And, like, dude. The absolute power that a child and family services agency has that the governor of the state is like, well, my hands are tied. I can't stop them. That is absolute power. They can come to your house with police and take your child away and say, yes, we will start giving her hormones to try to give her testosterone boosts and uh, probably a double mastectomy in the near future. And uh, wouldn't you rather have, yep. Wouldn't you rather have a living son than a dead daughter as the, as they're always saying when, when the studies are now coming out that has no impact at all um, on the suicidal ideation. Man, it's so, it's so angering. And you know, I, uh, man, I, I think of, I think of a lot of the things we've talked about, and probably will heading into the future. I think of our trip to the Holocaust Memorial Museum, and it's easy to say, oh, the FBI. It's easy to say, oh, the state of Montana or the state of Wyoming or the, the health agency or the police. But they, they, there are people behind these institutions, and they have names. And like, I think we need these people are the ones we have to start coming for their jobs. We have to start outing their names and saying, well, I mean, the governor, his, his name's out there, but like the people who are like taking the child and transporting them across state lines, what are their names? Like those names need to be released. These are the wicked people who are running these institutions and doing this evilness. And it's always like, oh yeah, you know, the, the health department, they came and took the kid. There were people who did that. Oh, oh, the police department, they came and took the kid. Yeah, they, they're, 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 they're officers who have names. And they, honestly, quite frankly, they should not, be allowed to be in law enforcement if they're going to just comply and say, well, I was ordered to do it. Or like the governor, well, my hands are tied because it's the law. No, it is your duty to resist evil law as a, as a cop, as an FBI agent, as a governor, and not only resist it, but then try to change it. And we just don't see it. We don't see people resisting evil law or we see it. It's very rare, I guess, to see it. It's, it's the doctrine of the lesser magistrate. And, and when you see the governor, who is the highest ranking executive within the state, he's the highest ranking official, bends the knee and just says, well, I, I'm powerless to stop this. I mean, that is that's absolute power. And, and right. you can't you can't even appeal to the uh, theoretically the person who's should be able to call the shots. I mean, you, you can't, can't be like, I want to talk to your manager. And then it, the, the manager comes out and it's like, well, uh, you know, my hands are tied, whatever the waiter did. Is how it is. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, like, that's not how no. this works. Yeah, they're like, all right, we'll we'll give you uh twenty percent off. We'll bring out a new piece of you know pizza pie or steak or whatever you ordered, and hey, we'll throw in what appetizer do you want? We'll throw that in too for free. Like, it, like oh man, yeah, it's my hands are tied. It's just another BS lie, you know. Like you're the governor, dude. 
it, you're the governor. You can intervene, even if it's state law. And then you, then you take up that fight. It, it makes me think it's totally different topic, but it makes me think of, of Governor Abbott in Texas. The federal government rules against him. We talked about it when we did the the, the one on the judiciary the other day. Um, he said, no, I don't care that you ruled. You ruled poor. You know, it's I think of Indiana Jones. He chose chose poorly (laughs) and he's like no i'm gonna resist anyways because it's my duty as the governor to resist your wicked decree like we talked about from isaiah 59 earlier and the same here with this governor it is your duty to resist regardless of the consequence that comes down on you okay so maybe you get you get voted out but i bet what would happen is because you instead of just being a pansy and and pandering and so it's the law I bet the people who voted for you last time and people who didn't are going to be like, hey, this this governor actually has some stones. Like, I can't wait to vote for them again. They resisted this evilness. I can't wait to vote for them. I'm so proud that they're my governor. But it's like people, like, don't think this way. And it's like you've been a human long enough to realize that when people make a bold stand, when people do what is right, then other people be like, huh. That person did what was right. That's legit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna support them. I'm gonna vote for them. Whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be it'd be curious to know if uh, part of his calculus was well. I wonder what sort of uh, business opportunities will leave our state if I take this stand <laughs> against the trans movement, because he's probably some sort of chamber of commerce type of uh, type of yeah. Republican rather than an actual, uh, you know, America first mentality that. Uh, the the good the good governors are that are out there doing that are, are definitely leading by example and not really poll testing what needs to be done. Uh, they just do things and then uh, the polls follow their lead. All right, I got one last one there, but this is uh, this is a little bit lengthy. This is one I uh, I teased a little ways back, and it was about the German education system that uh, is being. Uh, used to, uh, it's a censorship tactics that the Germans use that are now being taught to the American teachers. And you want to talk about some absolute power, and and we'll get into this on the book study about how you know the uh, the pigs eventually go to the youth and uh, indoctrinate the youth, and then how once you're able to do that, you can turn the entire society on its head. And as a that's what we call a foreshadowing, I think, when it comes to. Uh, to the uh, to the book study, but I'll I'll pull this up here. This is from the Media Research Center. Uh, breaking report: How the Biden administration pushed German censorship to American teachers, and there's there's multiple components to it. Um, read a little bit at a time, and then uh, and then get some reaction. The uh, over 700 educators participated in a year long series of State Department seminars hosted by the University of Rhode Island's Media Education Lab. The State Department trained educators on how to inoculate students against ideas not approved by the left. Sounds very similar to the way that the World Health Organization would like to run things if they were to get some sort of pandemic treaty signed. Well, the U.S. Embassy set up a year-long cross-national professional learning community dubbed the Media Log on propaganda in order to export German socialist ideas of censorship to American educators. What is media literacy exactly? The term is nebulous and amorphous, providing media literacy now and the Rhode Island lab cover when they need to obfuscate their agenda. But as you read through and find out what it actually is, um, 
they they directed their audience to observe a September 2020 proclamation by the World Health Organization. There it is which is backed by Communist China. The World Health Organization statement explained, an infodemic is an overabundance of information. And this overabundance could only be corrected by having, quote, media and social media platforms collaborate with the UN system, with member states, and with each other to censor information with which the collective disagrees. Building on this infodemic concept, Media Literacy Now promotes research for quote, inoculation theory, which posits that just as vaccines generate antibodies to resist future viruses, a society can inoculate itself against misinformation. Uh, okay. So we talked about a little bit with, uh, I think it was the WHO article with this infodemic. And I don't know if it's just because I mentioned the Holocaust Memorial Museum trip earlier or if like these these type of totalitarian regimes have just been kind of on my mind lately like i've been dabbling a little bit looking into like the romanian revolution the polish revolution you know germany even even post world war 2 but what is so much worse about this is is this right here we we all have one of these and even a computer like we're on or you know rumble like they it's, it's they have the capability to to censor so much like right now we're we're kind of lucky that some, a place like rumble exists and i mean it doesn't come without its difficulties like you know they get ddos attacked pretty regularly i you know i'm sure they get threats or slandered or whatever but what you were reading it it made me think of as maybe people don't know this but since i've been suspended i have spent even before, actually, I have spent a, a lot of time on the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum's website. And so while Steve was reading that article, I pulled up this and I'll just read read a little bit. How did the Nazis use censorship? And think of what Steve just read. And, and does this sound familiar at all? Or like maybe like this is the road we're on. When the Nazis came to power in 1933, the German constitution guaranteed freedom of speech and freedom of the press. Mm, that sounds good. That sounds great, actually. It sounds like what we think we have here. But through decrees and laws, the Nazis abolished these civil rights and destroyed German democracy. Starting in 1934, it was illegal to criticize the Nazi government. Even telling a joke about Hitler was considered treachery. People in Nazi Germany could not say or write whatever they wanted. Examples of censorship under the Nazis included closing down or taking over anti-Nazi newspapers, controlling what news appeared in newspapers on the radio and in newsreels, banning and burning books that the Nazis categorized as un-German, and controlling what soldiers wrote home during World War II. Now, what Steve read and what it says here to me, especially the controlling what news appeared in newspapers on the radio and in newsreels, what are what is the news, newspapers, radio, and newsreels today? It's YouTube, it's Twitter, it's websites, and it's you know other social media sites that's what that is and that is literally what steve just read to us that they're trying to do you know i'm th thinking about you you mentioned that we're, we're lucky to be on rumble and i'm like no that's not lucky that's supposed to be the way it is right exactly. that's a great we're point. supposed to be able to say whatever yeah. we want yeah um and 
just put yourself in, in Rumble's position or put yourself in a position of a person who wants to uh, do a, a, some sort of cyber attack on Rumble. The, the thought processes that are going on, they they have actually done the, the mental gymnastics to think that we can't have people learning these things. We need to take them down because it's going to be harmful for them to hear this information as opposed to just saying, well, I don't agree with it. They're all crazy. I'm just going to go about my business and, and go on another, you know, another forum. I'm going to go on YouTube or whatever they want to go on. But they're that passionate about depriving other people of access to information that they're willing to commit crimes to, to do that, to censor certain information from coming out and handle how they just, the mind warp that that's necessary and then the, the evil incentives that are, that are actually behind it. Because a lot of these people that are, are doing it, I mean, they're, they're political idealists in, in what they, what they're doing, I guess, to a certain extent, but they're not dumb. I mean, they're, they're competent people. They, they're able to read and for them to just come to the conclusion that they should be the arbiter on everything that people get to learn is, is, a uh, it's pretty evil of them. Um, yeah. It is. And it makes me think of, I was just telling my wife this last night, we were watching Little House on the Prairie and uh, they mentioned um, Exodus 20 verse 16. It's, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. That's what this is too. When you're getting yanked down off of YouTube, when you're getting canceled and censored on Twitter or wherever, or or like in our case, we don't even post on YouTube because the writing on the wall is there. You know, Kyle uh message us earlier today about how you and he talked about it on his show i think too about how youtube just blocked his entire episode from yet from yesterday i think it was and yep. and it's like for what for literally doing freedom of the press for literally doing the first amendment and it's and then people on the left will say start your own youtube and post whatever you want there and it's like that's not how this is supposed to work you're not supposed to just get to cancel it because you don't like it. And when you really start to dive into bearing false witness, that's what that's what YouTube did there. And that's what the left and the woke mob do. They also bear false witness because then they slander and they lie and they obfuscate. That's all bearing false witness. And like you're they're going to be judged for that. Just like I'll be judged for my own sin. I'm going to go back to this article and talk a little bit more about how they're going after the kids uh, with the uh, with this German style of propaganda that they're training the uh, American educators to use. And it says here that a session of the State Department seminars centered on how to train children as political activists. Most explicit was a curriculum developed by socialist German politician Konstantin von Nutz. A vice chairman of the ruling alliance, 90 Greens Party, Von Notz, is deputy chairman of the Bootenstag's control panel, the parliamentary organization overseeing the entirety of the nation's intelligence agencies. So Von Notz's hate speech movement induced children to use predetermined and coordinated media hashtags, posts to create a seemingly grassroots push for international censorship law. So they wanted to use the kids to hashtag why we should censor information because the kids are malleable and we should all listen to the children because we're told that they somehow have some sort of secret knowledge that we don't have, even though, you know, we're not idiots and our brains are fully developed and we have actual life experience, but I don't know, they can have imaginary friends. So they are somehow uh, superior to us intellectually, 
but they argue that freedom of expression should not protect haters motivated by right-wing extremism. The movement for censorship even offered free red badges, no hate balloons, no hate stickers to be distributed to children, encouraging the students to photograph themselves wearing the apparel and post the images on Meta's Instagram. So the children have some sort of secret knowledge. They are somehow, uh, we need to look to the children, right? Because because they will lead us uh, to a better tomorrow, a better future. And you can convince them by giving them a balloon. <laughs> yes, but we must listen to them. You know, I know we'll get into it. You mentioned with, with Animal Farm, but it reminds me of another one of George Orwell's books, 1984, and how the adults were legit straight up afraid of the children because they had been propagandized so hard to do anything for the absolute state and it's like that's this is the road that's that's how you get to legitimate and a, a full-on orwellian future i mean 1984 last time i checked was in the science fiction category but an article like this it kind of makes you think how much fiction is left Cause like we are, we are, we're deep on the road and then, okay. That, that article mentioned a sticker, uh, no hate who, how many people out there actually hate other people? Like, do you, who encounters all this hatred that they always talk about or, or all this racism, which I would categorize as hate as well. Does it exist? Yeah. It's always existed since Cain, since Cain killed Abel, it's existed. And it's going to exist forever until Christ returns and then the earth, the, the new earth and, and new heavens get, you know, created and then it won't exist. But until then, it's going to exist. Does that mean we, we shouldn't point it out when we see it? No, we should. We absolutely should point it out. It's wicked. But it's it's another myth. Like it it it's such a small minority of people who propagate hate that why are we focusing on it like this when the uh last saturday so um right after we got done with the podcast uh, my, my wife had uh tickets to a comedy show and she got them uh, for us as a christmas gift to ourselves uh for nate bargazzi who's he's very funny very clean comic uh and it was in orlando so we're, we're drove over there to go watch the show um, and, and side note, um, when you are coming down with the flu and you're starting to get the shivers going into, uh, an arena full of 15,000 people who are going to be laughing as loud as they can, where you're just trying to not like hack up a lung and, and shiver uncontrollably is, is not fun. Um, but just try to take one for the team and go there. And one of the, uh, the opening acts for him, uh, was this guy. He was a, he was a big tall, he was like six foot five black guy from New York. And he was talking about, he said, you know, racism bothers me so much. All you have to do is sit down with somebody and you'll find a thousand things that you can hate them for. He said, just beyond this, their skin color. That's, that's really it. I mean, just, you get to know the content of their character and, and you can hate them for that. I mean, like, like at least give them the opportunity to prove to you why you should hate them. And uh, that seems to me like the, the right, right route to go. I mean your your indignities and your your hatred of people should extend further than skin uh, it should probably extend to the way that they are uh, morally failing and uh you know i don't know trying to censor information from you or 
indoctrinate your kids or take your kids away and chop their genitals off. I mean, those are all valid reasons to hate people. So I hate them for that. Um, I don't really care if they're, they're tan or pale. <laughs> no. Yeah. Of course we got to point out the, the wickedness when it's, when it, like we talked about a lot today, when it's directed at, at our children. Um, somebody in the chat said, uh, Cain killed Abel over envy, not hate. I would encourage you to revisit the story. You're not going to kill someone simply out of envy. You have to actually have hatred in your heart to murder them. And yes, it started with envy over God blessing Cain's offering, but it wouldn't have escalated to murder if there wasn't hate there. So I would say do a deep dive on that if you want. Um, and maybe on another podcast, I'll do my own deep dive on it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll look forward to that one. That'll be, that would be an interesting study. Maybe, uh, you go back and forth on that one and then the, the different uh the ideas behind what's what's uh what was the actual motivating factor but i do concur with you i think that uh, in order to commit an actual murder you have to have quite a bit of hatred so i want to uh send us off on a lighter note we started the show with the uh the blue cop red, red cop combo episode one uh, i have episode two to close us out uh so that way it was a nice sandwich where we had uh, something good all the mean horrible meat in the middle and then something <laughs> good at the end um, we did get a couple of uh, new subscribers today this guy kyle seraphin for some reason i uh, you know he, he's, he's a subscriber thanks kyle wherever you are out there thanks for making us part of your day uh we just had a rumble rant come in from dl maga this show is so smart and refreshing thank you for speaking the truth and reminding us that we are all not crazy for what we are thinking about and what we're seeing in the world God wins. Thank you, DL Maga. And yeah, thanks for thanks being here, all of you all today. Um, you know, it's it's been fun. I was playing hurt, but uh, Garrett, you pulled me on through. Uh, and this is a, some heavy topic. Uh, we want to uh, to play this video, and then we'll, we'll close it out here uh, for the day. Oh, what a cute little puppy. Oh, thank you. So much energy. That's why I got the longer leash. Go! It's a federal crime to bring an animal to a public oh. land recreation area on a leash longer than six feet. Got it. I could climb that wall over Please there. Please stop. Ride that elephant. Dude, you're embarrassing yourself. You think I won't? It's time to go home. I could fight a monkey. Pack it in, man. I'll fight that monkey that's over right there. Dumb looking thing. Just go home. I'll bet you $10 I'll go in there and beat up that monkey. Get him. It's a federal crime to gamble at the National Zoo. One frozen cherry tart, please. Sure. You want the four-inch tart or the six-inch tart? I'm so sorry. You wearing a wire, you rat? They made me do it! They made me do it! It's a federal crime to call a frozen cherry pie a frozen cherry tart if its diameter is more than four inches. Got it. Yeah! Dude, those are <laughs> some of the greatest things out there. Like, it speaks to my soul. Like, because... I guess with the law enforcement background, but then just the ridiculous laws that we have. Like these are American laws. CFR is is what is code of federal regulation. Yes. That, these are laws in America, people. 
this is i mean this, this is, is what this is how absurd it gets when you have absolute power you just start to yes. look for things yes. you know this is this was in the harvey silverglade book three felonies a day where he talks about he said you know um if you walk right up to the line of where the law is you know what that's called legal <laughs> you know you don't have to uh, equip prosecutors and police with more laws um, you have laws to keep society wholesome and put up guardrails and and create a system where there can be justice for victims and to pursue the the wrongdoers and create a better overall uh, functioning and healthy uh, society. Uh, it's not for more opportunities for the government to go right. after citizens. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But it, that's been turned on its head too. Yep. It sure has. Those are well, great, man. I can't wait. Yeah. I don't, how many episodes? Well, maybe don't, maybe don't tell us actually, because I, I just, I can't <laughs> wait for the next one. I love them. I won't even go look them up on my own. I'm just going to wait. So it's a natural reaction because <laughs> dude, I love that. I love it. I'm going to send that to my, my old cop buddies too, because they, I sent the last one we did. They loved it. I'm going to send this one too. All right. Well, that'll do us today on the American Radicals podcast, rumble.com slash amradpod every Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday at noon Eastern. Uh, while you're with us, guys, make sure that you've given us a like and a follow. If you listen to the podcast, subscribe so that way you get automatic updates whenever the audio version is available. comes right to your device and you could enjoy us in your pocket as you're going about your day. Uh, until then, we will uh, see you on Thursday and enjoy the rest of your afternoon. You've been listening to the voice of the suspendables on the American Radicals podcast. Follow us on rumble.com slash amradpod.